Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Our guest today is Candia Sanders, and she is an international medical intuitive, a master healer, motivator, and ultimate optimist. She has written the book, When Eagles Soar, From Diagnosis, Death, to Dreams, and Open Dialogue. And it is her uplifting story through cancer and beyond with her husband, mom, who died in 2016. Her goal is to create a new conversation about death. So welcome to the show, Candia. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Well, I know you've been a medical intuitive and knew that you were into this area since childhood. You've got a a very wonderful story that people can read about on your website. But more recently, let's fast forward, in 2016, your husband died. And uh, tell us a little bit about that because it's going to be an important segue into how we can get in touch with our loved ones. Dale, my husband, was diagnosed with cancer in 2013. Mm. I just knew that it was, it was fatal. It was the bad cancer, if you will. I went through it and as the healer, we had healed within three months. The doctors were amazed Mm. and it didn't matter what I did. He would create more drama. He would create more illness. And I finally threw my hands up and I said, okay, there's a bigger plan here. So I mean, the bottom line is when people are meant to move over to the other side, Mm -hmm. they're going to do it, whether you want them to stay or not, right? Yeah. You have experienced this. You know this to be true. So when the time came, it was very important to me and to him that he had a conscious passing, that he was there consciously aware so that he knew people were around him. He was aware of the transition of the, the threshold between living and then continual living, but without a body. The day that he passed, we moved to my cabin, which is an hour and a half out of Portland in Oregon, but it's in Washington. And the rest of his family did not want him up there. They were very uncomfortable with the choices that we had made. And they wanted to have hospice. We had hospice there, but they wanted to bring hospice there to take him back to Portland so that he could be in a regular environment. And I looked at him and I said, honey, you have a choice here. And that is you either get to leave here or you get to leave back in Portland where you didn't want to be. So yes, we had, I had other loved ones. I had family around me. I had my sons around me, his brothers. So mm-hmm. we're supported. That's nice. And, and I love that you gave him a choice because you think about when you're dying at the end, you have so little choices. You, you don't have a lot of choices in your life. It was really important to me because mm-hmm. in today's world, we are so afraid of death. It's yeah. very uncomfortable for most people, especially in the West. And we have a tendency to overdrug and overmedicate. And then the person isn't available literally to be able to say goodbye, to say, I love you because they're so out of it. And we made sure that that wasn't what happened. How do you communicate with him now? Well, it all started actually the moment he passed to the other side, actually, to be honest with you. 
it, it, it actually began even a day or two before that because he was going in and out of his body. So I started visualizing where he was to actually help him cross that threshold. And so we have a place that we created then at that moment that we still use today, which is, and I'll, I'm happy to share this visualization because I really feel that it's very beneficial. And that is I walk up a trail and I have a bench and it's along a river and the bench, he, I see him come down a hill and then he comes and sits on the bench right next to me. However, there is a place in between us that I have explained to him many times that I cannot cross because I'm not ready to, but we can sit there. I ask him questions and he offers up information. And then it's, you, you can just sense when it's time to go and then he disappears and I walk down, back down my path. And I, I find that visualization for me is very beneficial. I feel I think it would help with other people, but other people could create their own sense of uh, comfort, security. It could be within a home or you meet on a couch or in chairs that you're familiar with, someplace that feels that the doorways are open between the world so you can communicate. I think what's also really important is to trust that what you're hearing and sensing is truth and not something that's just made up. And let me stop, stop you for a minute um, because that is such a special visualization. Thank it's you. Re it's really lovely. I, I, I think our audience is going to benefit from that idea that they can do that type of a visualization. That's really lovely. You know, it, it's been my experience uh, after my son died that some things are very sacred so that when people are um, questioning I usually find that they tell too many people and it, and people naysayers, they start hearing that. So, um, I yeah. would that a hundred percent. Yeah. So sharing it today, I appreciate. Thank you. Special. Well, well, and it sounds to me like anybody can do this and they can create, but like you said, Candia, that everybody has a different place where they may want to meet somebody that's died and gone to the other side. So somebody might want to do it on a bench like you're doing it. Somebody might want to do it on the ocean. Somebody might want to do it in their own living rooms. Do you, how do you start when you, okay, so when you want to visit with your deceased husband, which it sounds like you do that. I do. Do you, do you, do you how do you do that? Do you sit down and light a candle? I mean, what do you do to prepare to do that? How do people do that? I've been doing this for most of my life. So mm -hmm. it's really easy for me. However, what I would recommend for people who are just beginning at this is to set up a ritual. I think a ritual is really important. I also feel that coming up with a, a, a timeline every day, like eight o'clock in the morning or seven mm -hmm. o'clock at night is, you know, whatever works for them. But that time, that set uh, synchronicity pass pattern, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. So you can light a candle if you like, you can have soft music on if you like, whatever helps you relax to a place where you're calm and you believe that the possibilities are available. I think that's really essential right there because what happens is that the conscious mind takes over and then starts doing the spin. And when the spin happens, then you take away the, the, possibility that it's going to happen so the more you relax and go into that space of quiet of you can say it's a meditation however i have found for me that visualizing is 
you know, an active visualization is better. So if there's, if, if someone chooses to sit in a park, that's perfect or outside on your patio or wherever's comfortable and then set up again, that routine, I think is the next piece of it. And then bring, this is essential, is bring the energy from your head down into your heart. Because mm. when you're in your heart, you're going to feel it. You're going to sense it. It's like when you're starting to go to sleep, when you're in your mind, you can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But when you drop your energy down into your heart to relax and your body relaxes with it, that's when you're moving out of the beta level and into the alpha level. And when you're in the alpha brain waves, then the, the possibilities open up for those visualizations to come into play. Now, I know that you also, uh, I think I read somewhere, communicate with your dad. Yes. Yes. And talk he, a little bit about that. How long ago did he die? He died six months after my husband did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was a rough year. And, and I am an only child, and I was very close to my dad. Mm-hmm. And he, he's, he was a character. So even in passing, even in death, he's still a character. And... But he, how I communicate with him is so different. And this is, I think, another essential piece is because every soul is unique. Every person is unique. So how they are going to communicate with you when they have crossed the threshold, it, it, it's just different. And it's just like how you communi- communicate in real life, you know, in, the, in waking life, if you will. So with my dad, mine has been more with the dream state with him mm. for as you go to sleep, set the intention to the universe, to God, to whomever you feel comfortable with and say, okay, I want to have an active dream. I'd like to draw in my dad in this case, and then let my body rest as I actively participate. And that's, I set those intentions and then dad shows up in my dreams. That's how I communicate with him. And he's just as much a character in on the other side, like I said, as he was in life. So, and that's how I, I, and then when I wake up, I write down the dream. I was going to ask you if you journaled these things, because I know that um, I've heard other people say that they keep a pad by their bed and they will journal their dream. I think that's really important because it's so easy for us to forget. You know, as yeah. soon as you wake up within 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes, depends, it's all gone. So the, the more you get in the habit of writing it down, even when you have, that morning, you know, that midnight calling when you have to go to the, the bathroom, when you come back, take the time to write down what you had been dreaming about. The more you do that and set that within the subconscious, the more active it becomes, and then the better recall you will have. I, I like this idea because it sounds like, you know, your, your husband was very open to the idea of having this dialogue before he died. Let's meet, etc. Some people might not be open to that. They might be like, okay, this, I don't believe in this. This is weird. So it sounds like even if you don't have that dialogue prior to someone's death, you can still connect with them. I mean, you're connecting with your father through the dreams. Yes, like you absolutely. Can connect with them, which I like that idea. Well, and I, I think you just hit on a very important part, and that is the whole topic of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Because my belief is that the beliefs we've had in life will continue to the other side until we reach a threshold where we expand those beliefs. So yes, if somebody believes at at this level of being human that they they cannot communicate, so they're going to be a little bit more reticent sometimes to communicate from that level. So beliefs have a huge, huge impact on it. 
Tell us about your book, When Eagles Soar, From Diagnosis, Death to Dreams and Open Dialogue. The book overall, it, it, towards the latter part of it, yes. It gives, I feel, good direction in that regard. What the book is, the intention behind my book was to share with others that you too can go through this. You too can be resilient. You can be optimistic. You can go on with your life joyfully and you can pick up the pieces and reconstruct your sense of a new level of the universe because you have to find that balance. And then once you find that place, you can, you can continue that uh, communication and dialogue with those who have parted because there really is no separation, but we forget that. We've also been taught that, that there is a separation, that it's over, that it's, they're separate. So it's a matter of opening up that belief system and that is what the book is about. When people are so stressed, their bodies become stressed, their minds become stressed, they get caught on a merry-go-round and they can't get off. The first thing that is essential is actually the physical body. And then after that, it's you know massaging the emotions and then taking care of the mental body. And when somebody is so exhausted, the first and for foremost thing is in my book, just on a physical level, is to support the adrenal glands because the adrenals have been taxed so much through the stress Mm -hmm. the death through the loss that you can't even hold your head above water and so the adrenals are the first place to start and the other thing is is electrolyte powder electrolytes the minerals you give that to the body then the body starts feeling better i gave electrolyte powder to my husband all through his chemo and it actually had the ability to kind of move through the chemo and still keep his cells lighted up which is really important as important so with someone who's been really stressed, you start off with the adrenals and the physical part. Drink, of course, lots of uh, lemon water, mm. vinegar water, and then the electrolyte powder for the minerals and the energy, and then uh, adrenal support in the terms of rhodiola, ashwagandha, Siberian ginseng, vitamin C. That is the place to start because we ignore those who have been left behind. It, it's real easy for us to ignore ourselves. And the most important thing is for us to nurture ourselves. And that is absolutely the best place to start. And then from there, once you start feeling a little bit physically better, wrapped up under a blanket with a cup of tea, then you have the ability to start relaxing and doing the ritual that I had recommended so that you can start visualizing and recognizing that there is hope, there is life forever, and that we can continue to communicate with them. But I start always with the physical body because we tend, especially as women, we tend to forget that first. Uh, Kendi, I love what you're saying. And tell us a little bit about your website because I know you do counseling and people can get in touch with you uh, through your website. Thank you. People come to me literally from all over the world. I work primarily on the phone and so, which is great so I can talk to people from everywhere. People come to me for everything because in fact, I have to share, when I first started doing this, I've been psychic since I was a child, but people started coming to me for a, a myriad of different things, and I kept thinking logically, well, I don't know anything about that. How can, I, how can I help this person? And then I let it go, and so the more I've let it go, the more the answers come, because I just tune into, for example, I would tune into you, and then you would tell me from your higher self what it is that's going on, and then I just replay it back to you plus the information and education that I have garnered over the course of my lifetime, I add that in. So 
I, I work with health. I work with death and dying. I work with pets. I work with uh, careers, jobs, investments, you name it. People come to me for everything. And where do they come? Where's your website? It's just my name, candiasanders.com. Nice and easy. This my name. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, you know, all the social media. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. You're an absolutely delightful person. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. I, you know, this has been really fun for me. I really enjoy it. It's funny. I'm not used to doing a podcast. I'm used to being on the phone where I'm anonymous. <laughs> well, you're lovely. You should do more. <laughs> so yes. Candia, I love what you're doing. And, and one of the things I love the most is that one of the concerns most of the people that I know, including myself, have after a loss is we want to know that our loved ones are at peace. And I really think that you give people that they learn that their loved ones are indeed at peace after a death. So thank you oh, for all you're doing. They are. They, when you said that, you just gave me goosebumps. It's just, yes, they are at peace. They've moved on. They're out of the physical and then they see the potentiality of what they are capable and life changes. And then just knowing that, then you feel better. When you feel better, they feel better. It's just a win-win. <laughs> well, thanks it. again for being on the show. And we want to thank everybody for listening and watching this show. And we always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours and visit us to, at opentohope.com. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.